no name like you, oh God. We worship you this morning. We're here high and lifted up, oh God. Above all name, oh Jesus, you are the Lord of lords, oh God. Hallelujah, oh Jesus. We worship you this morning. We worship you, oh God. Hallelujah. Have your way, oh Lord. Have your way. Brother Murphy, could I ask you to open up the service in a word of prayer as the brothers come for morning offering? There's no written prayer request this morning, but if you have a need, just lift it up before the Lord. Amen. Hear and answer every, every need we have. Amen. Let's bow our head. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, in this is holy atmosphere, Lord, we come to, to worship you, Lord. Lord, our whole heart, our whole being is worshiped to the Lord of Lords, the King of a King, who is our personal Savior, who is nailed on a cross, the shed of the blood, and to the, went into the grave, going to went into the, the hell to take the, the key of the death and the grave, and coming up and resurrected. Oh God, we thank you, Lord. Lord, as is the remembering of the day of your resurrection, we're coming to worship worship a living God. We're coming to believe in the God that had to save. Believe in the God that had to deliver. Believe in the God that had to heals. Believe in the God that one day, Lord, I want a body change and he will resurrect it in a sense that had been passed on. Lord, and let our body be changed and go together with them, Lord. Lord, we all be worshiping face to face with our God that we loved so much. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Lord, every part in our being, we say thank you, Lord. We say praise to you, to worship the whole King of the King, Lord and the Lord. We give you all the glory. Only you are worthy. The name above all name is Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Oh, what a God that we serve. What a deliverer that we serve. How you ever done the great thing things that in our life, Lord. Lord, you bring to the people from the darkness. You shine the light along them. Lord, you heal the people in the physical realm. You also heal the people in the mental realm. Lord, you deliver the people that are from the depression, Lord, so that they can come to the house of God to worship you, Lord. Oh, God, we give you all the thanks and glory. All the honor and all the mighty and the power Everything belongs to you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as wizard coming to the brother Tom, is going to bring the word. Lord, and may you anoint you, your servants. Lord, we worship you, the spirit, and the worship you, and the truth. Lord, we want you to be sincere to the truth. Lord, how do you bring to the truth? And it is our to us. Oh, God, and made our hearts not only just a yearning and longing. Lord, we prepare to do your will. We prepare out of our whole being to do every word that you have set to us. Oh God, we're ready, Lord. We're ready to receive your word. Speak to us, Lord. Lord, it's just one word from you. It will satisfy us. Lord, our heart is to give you a place so that you can come. Lord, we empty it ourselves so that you can fill this vessel, Lord. Oh, how we yearning and longing, Lord, to make this God to become more real to us than ever, Lord. Oh God, may this morning be a special morning. 
You come on and sing. We know you're here, Lord. It doesn't take a second thought to know that you are already here. Lord, we're ready to receive you, Lord. Just speak to heart to heart. If there's any situation not solved, may this morning be solved. Is there any sickness that are need a healing? Lord, may this morning be a morning that God come on and sing that it restored our health that it completely, Lord. Remember the different in need. And Brother Milko is here. Sister Bev, Lord. And all the different ones. Brother EBAs. Oh God, we dedicate ourselves for service. We're fighting with the word of God. We're fighting every demon force. And then we remind them and they has been defeated by Jesus Christ. We're coming this morning as a morning of as a victorious. This is the morning of the triumphant to know that our God has been victorious and overcome every sin, every sickness, every depression, every darkness. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we give you all the thanks and glory, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise be to your name. Let your name be praised to the Lord amongst your children, Lord. We give you all the thanks. We give you all the glory. Lord, and make them the weakness. Say that I am strong. The poor say that I am a rich, Lord. We thank you, Father. Oh, glory be unto you, Lord. Glory, glory. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, as we sense your presence is right here, want to fellowship with your children. Oh, God, just to do a deeper work in our life, Lord. Let us walk with you with all my heart, Lord. So come, Lord, deal with each one and speak to each heart. We thank you, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. have your seats as we take up the morning offering. We'll just turn the service over to our brother Tom. As he comes, can we sing Beulah Land? I'm kind of
God bless you all and all the visitors that are here this morning. You can keep on playing, Ben. Thank you. It's nice to have an atmosphere behind you a little bit. This morning we're going to do a little bit something different, but it needs to be done. Our sister Helen Billisberger passed on to be with the Lord in December, and the family had a memorial service in Saskatchewan, and Brother Kelly Hildebrandt, pastor in Saskatoon, had taken the funeral, and the family was there. And today we're happy to have Sister Felicia and Brother Christian here to be a part of this this morning. We gave the family an option if they would like to have a memorial, but they felt that it was, it was done in Saskatoon, and they're happy with that. And so we thought we'd just give a tribute to our sister Helen Billisberger, who was part of this assembly for many years. We loved her. She was a saint. She left an impression upon of our lives, and I'll be actually speaking much on that line this morning. But we do want to heap honor upon her and thank God for her life that was lived. We had a, maybe they can put that tribute to our sister, Sister Billisberger, born May the 2nd, 1938, and went to be with our Lord Jesus on December 15, 2022. It was an unusual day for me when Sister Helen passed over. Um, of course, we, Sister Joanne and I have seen her in her home, and we had uh, the privilege to fellowship. I always thought, always thought when I went to Sister Helen's home that we would go to be a blessing to her. <laughs> she turned out to be a blessing to us. Every time we visited her and saw her and to encourage her, we were the ones that were encouraged, and that's quite the testimony. And so Sister Helen uh, was not doing well that morning on December the 15th, and I was in the office, and uh, I believe her son Leroy had texted a couple of days before and said, Mom's falling or failing fast. And so I'd had that text, and I thought, well, you know, today's the day I can just go and see Sister Helen. And so I popped my head into Michael's office and said, Mike, come on, let's go see a saint. So then we came out the door, and Brother Murphy was in his office. And I said, Murphy, we're going to see Sister Helen Billisberger. So we all got there, and Sister Eleanor Drake was already sitting there by her bedside. And there she was laboring, laboring, breathing. And it's uh, not a, a great sight to see at that time. And so I said to the brothers, let's pray. Let's pray and pray for our sister Helen. So we prayed. God was gracious at the end of the prayer. I said, Lord, would you please give her a peaceful passing? And the laboring of the breath stopped. She took three very soft and peaceful breaths. And she passed on to be with our Lord Jesus. What a privilege it was to see one pass over and be at that time. And I thank God for her life. I thank the Lord Jesus. Next slide, please. There she is. She sat down right in the assembly, always smiling. Next. She had this in her Bible. Christian, you gave me this. Thank you. She says, I stand here with the word of God that declares I have God. God's gives an office of a mother. And the, is that oath? I'm sorry? Authority. 
goes with the office. When Satan accuses you of anything, say, Satan, you're an offense to me. Get out of my way in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What a testimony. What a testimony. Sister Helen battled the effects of a stroke for three years previous, but her trust was in God and she never faltered, and I can say amen to that. Sister Helen loved talking about the Lord Jesus Christ to all that came in contact with her. Sister Helen was born in May 2nd, 1938, to Joseph and Jean Soloway. Is that correct? In El- Alvena? Sis- Alvina, Saskatchewan. <laughs> the family lived there for 15 years until, along with their eight children, they moved to their new farm in Porcupine Plains, Saskatchewan. That's what I like, just down-to-earth names. Porcupine Plains. Saskatchewan. At the age of 17, Helen met a young man and became her husband, Roy Billisberger. He had a small welding shop just outside Porcupine, and Helen caught his attention. They married in 1957 and soon became the parents of five active children, Daniel, Daryl, David, Leanne, Flissia, two names. God bless you and Leroy. After Roy's passing, Helen adjusted to a life of being alone. She spent much of her time traveling overseas with her son, Daniel, who had finished a welding job in Algeria. And after returning back to Edmonton, where her sons were living, Helen settled into a new life. And during this time, Helen dedicated her life to God and spent the next 40 years being active in her church and with her church family and friends. Sister Helen will be fondly remembered as Baba, Grandma, by her 11 grandchildren and 18 great-grandchildren. I got a long ways to go. On Thursday, December 15th at I just changed this because I was there. 4.12 p.m. After praying for Sister Helen, she peacefully passed over. Her hard breathing turned to a few short breaths. And Sister Helen passed on to her reward. Brother Murphy, Brother Michael Ray, Sister Eleanor Drank and myself were gathered around. With that, maybe we could just go to the little slideshow. Thank you. tried to speak to you of things that would be beyond a human's understanding, I still couldn't describe the place of the blessing. How peaceful, never to die, never to be old, never to be sick, always to be young, always to be healthy, never to die of eternal life. And the blessed of youth, no sin or nothing else, well, there's just no way to describe it.
Isn't it marvelous? You take a look at those pictures, and I guess you come to the conclusion she loved her family. Amen. And, and we're thankful to the Lord that we, he allowed us to have some time in her life that she could affect ours and impress our lives with the life that she lived in Jesus Christ. Paul says, now, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And I know that that is her reward, that it will be our reward, that is my reward. Behold, I will show you this mystery, and it has indeed been unveiled in our day. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, the dead shall rise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And to God be the glory, we're thankful for Sister Helen's life, we're thankful for her testimony that will ripple now. From this time to the change of the body and into eternity, we thank the Lord Jesus for this life. I believe Brother Leon Gerlin has a, a special for us this morning. So, Brother Leon, if you wouldn't mind coming. And we can sing that. Are you ready? Okay, go for it. Praise. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're surprised that I'm going to sing a song. But God said so, that I must sing a song. This song has uh, been in my heart since I received the, the word of God. It's a, a foundation song because since Brother Tim preached last Sunday, God is always, I cannot you know, something is speaking in my heart. Leon, Leon, what are you doing? <laughs> right? So it's, 
it's a foundation song. And this gave me a lot of inspiration. It's blessed me. It teach me this song. And I want to share the life that I've been uh, experienced when, when I, I work in Africa, when I work in Saudi, when I receive the message. And when I work in, a, in, my, in that dealer, there's a lot of trials in that. And because of this song, I always sing this. I have my, most of the time, I have my only believed song there. And I sing a lot of this one. And it's give me a lot of inspirational song. Not only, I can see that it's my part. I can see my part there. We, Leon, you come here to the church to be corrected. I'm, I'm, most of the time, I'm speaking to myself. Leon, you come here to the church. You dress up your clothes good. And you come there to be corrected by God. Amen. Because two or three gathered in his name, he's here. You cannot see him. You will see the minister, but his word is here. So, Leon, you must have a respect to the word of God. Is that good? It's not only good, it's a blessing to me. Right? It's only this. I want to sing a song and little bit testimony, little bit exhort, little bit. Only, I, is that okay? Now I want to sing this one because God saw. Most of the time I did not sing a song. But if God said me so, give me a, I will sing a song, whatever, whatever happened. He's God. He's God that we are, we are not in the denomination already that what they are doing there, I know. If you don't come to a denomination, you will not know. And now I'm telling you, I am in a message. I am in the message, and I am living the message. We are living the message. We make more press on with that. Every time that we go, if you don't have respect to the word, you don't have respect to the minister that is here. That's the one that I'm telling you. Please, after the church, I'm one of your deacon, and I don't want to be. It helps also to us as a deacon. Not after the review, Leon, what are you doing after you, receive, you hear the message? Of course, I don't want that the, 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 the God that I heard when I was in the church, will, when I come out to the, to the building, nothing, it's just normal. No, it should not work like that. It's a simple, it's a, yeah, but I, I want to sing a, a song. That's the thing in my heart. And it's up to, to us to give I I'm think I am also that I want you to be touched by God. Yeah. Thank you, brother. All along on the road, dear the soul through a powder's night, watching you. Every step that you take, this great eyes is awake, there's a night watching you, watching you, watching you. Every day, mind of course, you pursue. Watching you, watching you, there's a Seeing eyes watching you 
Cause you make life great fight Keep the pathway of pride First and night Watching you God will warm Not you go To the fight of the foe Always looking at you every time the service is here, the minister is here. Just watch the spirit because he's talking to you. Do not do anything, do not put to your mouth anything, do not sleep, do, be alert to the word of God. Do not be looking your, your cell phone because God is a king of kings and Lord of lords. He's looking at you. If the deacon did not see you, he's looking at you. Right? That's the thing. Thank you, Lord God. Watching you. Let's stand and let's just sing that little chorus. Thank you, Brother Leon. Watching you. in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, this morning we wanted to heap some honor upon our sister Helen Billisberger this morning. Thank God for her, Lord, and I pray now for her family, for her children as she's held the token over them. 
We pray, God, that you will deal with each and every one because there will be a passing over and there will be a gathering. May we be gathered with our families, Lord, as we press this great battle. We're thankful for Brother Leon, Lord. He's meant so much to us. Lord, you've watched over him, and we pray, God, that you'll continue to use him in the office of a deacon. Let these exhortations that are pure, may they find good ground within the hearts of your children. And now, Lord, we'll turn to your eternal word. We ask, God, that you will watch over us, both speaker and hearer. Bless the word, speak to our hearts, change us, we pray, by the power of your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Nice to see you here this morning, this resurrection morning. Let's turn to our Bibles. I'd like to start with uh, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Now, a lot of times when a preacher preaches, as Brother Leon gave a little bit of exhortation there, um, the word is still a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. And um, sometimes when the preacher preaches, most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, we try to remove ourselves from our own thoughts and let the Lord Jesus come and minister to a people. And so many times then it gets maybe across the pulpit and then it gets to the point where, how come he's preaching at me? Now... I had, to, I had to put this point across because um, um, I'll just put it this way. I'm preaching at myself, okay? So there's no one ever, and that would be the most carnal concept. I know when I first came to Bible Way and, and I would sit in the, in the little chair at the time in a little living room, and I would say, why would Ken tell Brother Ed my whole life? Carnal? But then I found out that Brother Ken did not tell Brother Biscal, and the Holy Ghost was now taking the word. It was finding an entrance to my heart, and all I had to do is surrender and say, Lord, you know me, my good and my bad. Take away the bad. And so please don't ever sit down and say, I'm targeting anybody. That would be crazy. Then all we're doing is just trying to be reformers. We want to be transformed by the power of God. We've been given a message, saints of God, and I don't even care whether uh, I even speak my own thoughts. I don't want my own thoughts. I want the thoughts of God that come down in this generation. And everything that you have need of as a person, as a single person, adult, parent, young person, child, doesn't matter what age group, every answer for your question is in this message. And uh, we'll be speaking on under the influence of another. And Brother Brown preached the message called Influence of Another, but I would like to title it Under the Influence of Another. And that other is none other than Jesus Christ himself. And so with that little beginning, please let's read for um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Galatians 5, verse 6, For in Christ, Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Did you notice that now? By faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you? 
that you should not obey the truth. Let's bow our heads one more time. Heavenly Father, we are looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we can indeed read the word, and it is the written word. But that written word is nevertheless our lovely Lord Jesus. So, Father, speak to us from your word. Inspire the speaker. Inspire the hearer. And let us move a little deeper in the love of Jesus. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. I'd like you to turn, please, to Second Chronicles. We'll begin Chronicles a little bit this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 22. Second Chronicles chapter 22. The Bible reads here, And the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Haziah, his youngest son, king in his stead. For the band of men that came with the Arabians to the camp had slain all the eldest. So Ahaziah, the son of Son of, I want you to take notice here, Jerem, king of Judah, reigned. Forty-two years old was Azariah when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother, named also was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor, to do wickedly. Isn't that incredible how the scripture paints a picture so quickly? So we look at this young man who was influenced by a mother. But influenced, I wouldn't say for the good, because the Bible said he did wickedly. Let's turn to Second Chronicles 28. And verse 1, Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, but he did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord, like David his father. He walked in the way of the kings of Israel and made also molten images for Balaam. Moreover, he burnt incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and burnt his children in fire at the abominations of the heathens whom the Lord hath cast out before the children of Israel. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He walked in the ways of his mother. I would say somehow in some place, these people were being influenced. They were being influenced. But I don't want to, I, I, I start on negative because you've got to take me sometimes the negative to see the positive. Please turn to Second Chronicles 34 and verse 1. Second Chronicles 34 verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign and he reigned in Jerusalem one in 30 years. 
And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. I would say he was influenced correctly. So there's an influence that is right and there's influence that is wrong. And I would like to say, what are you under the influence of this morning? I would like to say I'm under the influence of Almighty God that has come in this generation to declare that he is alive and well. He is the resurrection and the life. He has been raised out of history by a prophet of this generation. And we stand to declare and not ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ. Today we are all influenced one way or another. And I'd like you to take a check to how are you being influenced. If you're being influenced for the good, just say praise the Lord. If you know within yourself I'm being influenced in a negative way, just say, oh Lord, help me. Change my influence. Change that which is causing me not to run to Christ, but run away from the word. And I'll let you know right now, anything that makes you run away from the word is the devil itself. Your, your opinion, your idea, anything that is contrary to God is an enemy to the cross. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. There isn't a day goes by that there isn't an imp or a demon or a devil that is trying to influence you. It's up to you to decide what are you going to let influence you. And it's up to me. And it has to be your decision. Today, like no other day, I've never even heard of this word until just recently. And it's called influencers. Oh, look at that. You know all about it. <laughs> influencers. So I thought, really? What is an influencer? So forgive me for my ignorance, but I like to be ignorant on this point. Ign- ignorant. To the point is, I had to look it up. Finding out that these influencers that are trying to influence you are abysmal. Look at their lives. Look how they act. What they believe. What they are. And people are listening to them by the millions. And yet God comes in this generation under the anointing of a prophet's message. Anoints the man of God. Jesus Christ present. And it's getting fewer and fewer and fewer. Influencers of today. You know the greatest influencer there is in Laodicea at this present time. And maybe somebody you will say, you've already beat me there. I hope not. He's a soccer star. And he has five hundred and seventeen million followers. Did you get that? Ray, do you know that's a big number, right? Canada's only thirty-six million. United States is three hundred and sixty-three or five million. 
Can you imagine this soccer player is influencing 517 million people? What a platform. I want to ask you, is it an influence for Christ? Does anybody know his name? I can't even... Cristiano... Oh, Ronaldo. (laughs) He's influenced you. I I didn't know him. I know the boys, uh, you know, I I got nothing against it. You know, people play soccer, you know, and they say, I'm going to be Ronaldo. Really? I want to be Christ. Is that so wrong? Are we getting so lifted up that we think that that's bad? It's not bad, saints. I want to be like Jesus. Ronaldo, 500. And he's only an athlete. He's an athlete. But one day his knees are going to give out. He's going to walk around like a crippled old man. And he won't have the influence that he has now. How about Justin Bieber? Did I say that correctly? Beaver, Beaver, Bieber? I don't know. But he's apparently a Canadian. He's a musician. He's he's a modern day Elvis. A Ricky Nelson? It's the same spirit, just a different name. But now because of media and because of the phones and because of the internet and because of these platforms, these people would be just another star fallen. But now he has 455 million followers. This is to me craziness. Ariana Grands. How come people are laughing? Do you know her? Maybe I said the name wrong and that's why you're chuckling. But she has 429 million and I don't even know her name. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Selena Gomez. Yeah, yeah, nobody's, nobody's chuckling anymore. 425 million, Taylor Swift, 361 million, Dwayne Johnson, they call him The Rock, really, his name to fame was a a wrestler, now an actor, and he has 342 million followers, this is crazy. It mounts up to close to 4 billion people. What on earth are they influencing people with? You tell me. If you're not pointing to Christ, you're not pointing to the right way. Influencers are those that uh, exert influence. It's a person who inspires or guides the action of others. Who has the time? Who cares?
years that they brushed their teeth with Colgate. Really? That's important? What grocery store, what car they drive, what home they live in. Who cares? Why would you take your time up with this nonsense when you can take your time up with a great influencer? Come on. God has given you a message. I am the great I am. People want to ask Brother Tom, what about this? Brother Tom, what about that? What about this? What about that? I said, haven't you been given a message? I don't need to be the answer man to the message. Phone in and ask Brother Tom. No, that's denominations. God has given you a voice. And in days of the voice of the seven angel, when he shall begin to sound, we have no other voice. We will prophesy again. We'll say what he said. If your friends are influencing you against this ministry, I would shake them off. Shake them off. You're known by your friends. Because your friends influence you. Influencer. You know how you get influenced? Why are so many of these influencers rock stars? Why? Come on, why? Because Brother Bram said, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, it'll get you every time. That's why Satan has let out his music. And listen, saints, I, I'm not here to, to get into your home and tell your children how to live. But if you're listening to anything other than Holy Ghost music, you are listening to the wrong tune. In the Latin... When you talk about influence, it's called an inflow. When you allow something to come in, it's going to come out. What you let in is going to come out. You listen to rock and roll, you'll become it. Listen, I don't even want to listen to nominal preachers. Yet there are good nominal preachers out there. And law has its place. And a lot of times if, if I do, I want to find out what somebody's preaching or somewhat where they are or what they have preached. Inevitably, I'll say, where did they get that? Where did they get that inspiration? And nine times out of ten, they got the prophet's message on their self. And they're using that influence to influence others, but not giving him credit. I want you to know everything I preach is what the prophet preached. I want you to know everything these brothers preach is what the prophet preached. There's no big star. There is one, and that's Jesus Christ. And he had seven stars in his hand. And in this day, a star came forth. 
They're trying, Satan is trying to displace this star. By you taking in and you listening. And it deadens, Brother Bram said, the voice of the supernatural. Listen, I don't want you to, and this is a very delicate thing. You got to watch what you're listening to. People said, I remember in the 80s at the log church and we started the VHS and they said, well, we want to, Brother Tom, we'd like to listen to your tape or we'd like to listen to what you preach. They said, listen to the prophet. Listen to the prophet. I've got nothing to say outside the prophet. And if you listen to the prophet, there'll be other things that will feed your soul. Oh, that didn't get a big Amen. That did not get a bigger, I should have got a bigger one than that. Don't listen to Tom Wright. You listen to William Branham. Because it's not the voice of a man. It's not the voice of a man. It's the voice in the voice. Influence. What you take in is what comes out. You put in garbage, garbage comes out. You ever see a cowboy? He's not listening to Elvis Presley. Nope. He's listening to a record where he's driving down the road in some old broken down truck. Trying to find his third wife with his dog in the back. Twang. And they lived the lifestyle. They got the cowboy boots and the cowboy pants and the cowboy belt and the cowboy hat. Influence. Oh, it's just country music. It'll send you to hell. Ah, come on, Brother Tom. You're just a little bit fanatical. No, I'll preach what the prophet preached. They're under a different inspiration and a different influence than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let your influence be your testimony. Come on. Let your influence be your testimony. If it's not a testimony of Jesus Christ, you're influenced wrong. It's very powerful how you live. And because how a daddy lives, how that tree leans is where your children follow. One person had a quote, if you were dead, would your children serve God? What kind of influence are we having? I thought, man, that is a heavy statement. I trust I'm living in there serving God. I'll let that one sink in for a minute. Latin, influentia. It's an inflow. The inflow determines the outflow. Well, you say, well, I'm a mean and nasty person. Brother Branham said, where's your answer? Back in the message. He said, if you got a temper, what does he say? Sweeten it with prayer. Simple, isn't it? But do we do it? 
The influence of your testimony will live on when you actually pass on, if the Lord tarried. I want you to just listen to some of these points. The influence of your testimony will live on after you're gone. Influence. It's an action exerted by a person or thing with power to cause change. Power to affect others. And the only way that you know that it's affecting others, it can only be seen by the effect on their lives. How we affect others can only be seen by the way they lived that effect. Friends, associates, business associates affect us by their influence. Yet the most affected ones within our lives, as we have our parents and have had children, is that our children are affected by our stand. How you live might be different to what you say, but may you say what you live. I know that this isn't a rah-rah service, but it's going to be some down-home cooking that you can take home and apply within your life. Sometimes you need these kind of services so that you won't get up all excited because of who's preaching. But what is preached will affect your life. Parents live through their children many times. Maybe they weren't as gifted, and yet they push their children to be something that they're not. And you cause complexes, and you've influenced them, and cause now a harboring thought against you because you're making them do something they don't want to do. I'm sorry if I have to preach this. I would like to preach other things. Are we a detriment or are we a blessing? To the body, to one another, to the family you've raised or trying to raise, or to the family of God. I want to be an influence, positive influence to you, my wife, my children, my grandchildren. I want to be a positive influence. I wanted my boys to know daddy was in prayer. I wanted them to know that I wasn't just preaching over a pulpit, but what I preached, I lived. It's a terrible thing to preach something and live another thing. You will destroy your children. 
Do what I say, but don't do as I do is a terrible statement. I want to live the way he wants me to live. I want to give until there's not no more to give. I want to love. Love till there's no more love. But I could never, ever outlove the Lord. Effects live on. They live on. Can I give you an example? How long ago was John Wesley? 17 something? John Wesley. John Wesley came to a town in Cornwall, England. He preached to the villages. And in these villages were transformed from gambling, swearing, Sabbath-breaking people to men and women of sobriety and godliness. What an influence. In every home. Now, people, I want you to see this because this is, this is a book that I've had for 40 years. Okay? And so, and the, whoever wrote this was probably 20 years before then. So we're talking 60 years ago, telling a story. I didn't cherry pick something. I just looked up influence. In every home, people give us, I just, I just want you to think about this. In every home, they found a picture of John Wesley. Are you ashamed to hang a prophet with a pillar of fire? I just thought I'd throw that one in there. They sure were not ashamed to put a picture of their messenger. And he just preached a truth under an anointing that transformed villages in the district of Cornwall that were drunkards, gamblers, profane speakers. Transformed their lives, Brother David, by a simple message. Of the sanctifying grace of Almighty God. Repent! And they put away their drinking and their gambling. A simple message. And you've been given the whole banquet table. And yet we hold it away from us because we don't want to be identified with it. I'll identify with that pillar of fire any day, any week, any month, and any year. In every home was found a picture of John Wesley, a man whom they all loved. One day, a stranger visiting one of these humble homes, seeing John Wesley's picture on the wall, said, whose picture is that? The old miner reverently lifted his hat and said, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Influence. 
A hundred years later, a hundred years later, we haven't lived a hundred years later after this prophet. A hundred years later, a nobleman comes to one of those villages. And as he went to one of the villages, there was an old miner coming back from work. And he said to this old miner, he says, sir, where can I acquire something stronger than a drink of water? He's a nobleman. Dressed well, looked well, thought he was influencing somebody by his stature, by his noble position. But there was a little lowly miner walking home from a hard day's work, being interrupted by this nobleman who then said to him, Sir, tell me where I can get something stronger than a drink of water. The old man, recognizing this nobleman and his rank, bowed his head humbly. But nevertheless, there was a proud flash in his eyes and he answered, My Lord... Something over a hundred years ago, a man named John Wesley came in these parts, and he walked on. Lord, God, help us to live that kind of testimony. And if we aren't, just make it right. Get right with God and determine from this moment on, I'm going to change my influence. Influence. Hockey stars, basketball stars, soccer stars, musician stars, ballet stars. Where do we want to go? All have a place, unfortunately, in the hearts of this world. But God help us, don't ever let them have a place to influence you in this life. I was fellowshipping with some brothers this week. Of course, we all do, so that's a redundant statement, isn't it? That's all we live around as brothers. But we were fellowshipping in a certain thing, and I said, man, they believed the lie. Well, why are they believing a lie? Well, this brother said, well, it worked in the garden. I guess it keeps on working, doesn't it? Eve was affected by a lie, influenced by a lie. Mm-hmm. So it's still a trick of the devil, Remember, a lie can be 99.999. Uh-huh. But how about that 0.001% that Satan gets in there and it's not true? And people don't even have the audacity or the fortitude to go back to the Word and find out what the Word says, but they'll be influenced by friends, family, ministers. People have dreams, visions, and impressions. I don't go for them. I'm sorry. I don't care what your dreams say. I don't care what your visions say. And I don't care what your impressions are. I've got one word that I believe. If it doesn't fall in line with the word, go for it. It For you, but not for me. Preach the word. 
preach the cross to a sick and dying world. You have nothing to impress outside of this word. I've seen lives destroyed by wives dreaming dreams. Men following false thoughts. Brother Bram said, repent. That's what you need to do. I got lifted up. We don't want to be Uzziahs. Did real well. Did run well. Come on. Don't get quiet. It's not just the effect of the moment. You've affected somebody for days, weeks, months, and years. And they can't think beyond what you told them. It's sobering, I know. Don't worry, I repent. Yeah, we have families here with little girls. Let me tell you something. And little boys. I'm going to be straight this morning, might as well. Been straight so far, might as well keep on going. If you want to throw me out, throw me out. But I'll tell you what, saints of God. I only love one thing, and that's the Word of God. The Word of God that's watched over me and my family. The Word of God that's watched over you and your families. I do not want anything else. You let it into your home, you watch your children dissipate and go. You want your little girl molested by some pervert? You keep going the way you're going. But you keep this message over you, and you watch the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't care if you're just married, married and have children or teenagers. Let's get back to the influence of thus saith the Lord. I'm influenced under another. Many times, and I have been a blessed man. I remember one of my first preaching outside of this church away from this assembly and I preached and, and had uh, uh, I guess people say well good meetings I don't know what good meetings are if lives are changed then it's a good meeting if it's just a hurrah hurrah it's just a meeting but we walked down this little road and this brother said to me put his arms around me and said brother Tom you're a blessed man I said in what way sir he says because you've had the privilege to be mentored under a mighty man of God And I said, amen, thank you. I agree with that 100% and I've not changed my thought. I have not been a maverick on my own. I've been by the grace of God tutored under the Holy Ghost himself and a Holy Ghost pastor. I've not gone on my own branch or my own thought or ran a church any other way than what the word of God has declared. We're not dictators or authoritarians. I'm sorry if that hurts somebody's feelings, but it doesn't hurt mine. Somebody said to me one time when I was having a counseling session, they said, Brother Tom, what do I do? And they said, I said, well, I said, well, this is the way I've been, I've been, uh, I've sat down, I've watched our pastor counsel, and at the end of the day, 
Brother Briscoe used to take it this angle, this angle, this angle, this angle, and then says, now, do what you feel to do. He said, but you didn't tell me what to do. I said, you don't have to. Because if you tell them what to do and they fail, they blame you. And if you tell them what to do and they, and they get all, you know, they get success, they blame themselves. So let them blame themselves in whatever way they want to go. And I don't want this tape cut out. Just keep it here for the church. We don't want to be preachers that influence the people by what I think, what I feel. We want to preach what's the word. Brother Bram said in one message, he says, it's the people that want to be something or do something want to run out and do it. And most of the time it's wrong. They couldn't wait like Eve couldn't wait. But I want to be influenced by the truth like Abraham was when he could say to his son, the lad and I shall return. That's a tremendous influence on his men that waited. Or like Elijah on Mount Carmel, Lord, I've done all according to thy word. Let the fire fall. That's the kind of influence I want to have on people. Are we okay? I know that's a silly thing to say because you're not going to say, no, I'm not. I don't know why we say it, but anyways, it sort of helps break up the tension maybe. Brother Bram said in the Hebrews chapter 4, people who follow the pillar of fire will certainly have a rough time. Hmm. Sound like a picnic? Not according to Malachi 4. But what are we doing? We're getting ready for a translation. We're getting ready to go. That's the kind of influence I'm desiring. I want to get off this part, so help me just finish through this little section here. I'm just finishing off. And I'll just say the points. I've written them out. If a child lives under criticism, he'll learn to condemn. If you keep telling her she's clumsy, no good, stupid, naughty, a troublemaker, that's what she will be. Have we not counseled, Sister Joanne, people that have been told since their childhood, you're no good, you amount to nothing, and they, and they grow up under a terrible complex. So what you say influences I remember it, I got, I'm sorry for personal things, but I guess sometimes they fit in, sometimes just let it go if it doesn't apply. I had two older brothers. My dad wanted them to be rocket scientists. So every time a report card came, he chewed them out. You can do better. You need to study harder. And I would be sitting in the hallway listening to my brothers getting reamed out. Normally, the little sibling is laughing as the older brothers are getting chewed out. Um, I shouldn't say normally. I did, I guess. 
They, they need that. But you know what I learned? What I learned is I don't want to be in that position. Mm-hmm. But what I also learned is there's only certain types of people that can attain to academic standard. But so if I put my own children under that pressure, it causes a nervousness. Man, I was writing exams. I remember when I wrote exams at UBC my first year. Man, I was almost wanting to throw up. I was just, just, I don't want my dad to chew me out. But you grow under that because that is the kind of influence is influencing lives. Children live under hostility, will learn how to fight. I've had brothers tell me my dad has beat me with the end of a belt. I go, whoa, what a terrible way to grow up. And yet God got a hold of their lives and they're wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ today. But he said, I don't want to spank my children because I don't know where the line is drawn because I never had anybody to show me. Well, I said, that's simple. I hope you got that. (laughs) Do it young. You won't have to do it when they're old. (laughs) Or they'll put you over the knee. (laughs) We're not beaters. But we're correctors. Oh, man. I didn't want to do this. People, children that live with ridicule learn to be shy. They're embarrassed. They want to be in another room. Children that live with shame live under guilt. But if a child is brought up under tolerance... He will learn to have confidence. Tolerance is to be open-minded, to discuss, not your way or the highway. Work with your children. Children that grow up with praise Learn to appreciate. Tommy, you're doing the best you can. Thanks, Mom. It wasn't now the beat down. And I realized in my little home, we are what we are. We don't want to be something we're not. So if a child lives... With fairness, he learns justice. Maybe you want to take this little clip here and just listen to it again. It took a long time to come. A person or a child that live with security, to know that Their daddy's the biggest daddy of the sandbox. 
they learn to have faith. As long as the daddy points them not to the daddy, but to the Lord Jesus, who is the strong one. Child that grows up with approval, he learns to like himself. (laughs) I've talked with too many that don't like themselves. Where'd that come from? When my Bible, if you read the book of Ephesians and you start to realize you've been chosen before the foundation of the world, accepted in the beloved, predestinated, that's what we need to teach our children. God loves you. Our Heavenly Father is trying to tell you, He loves you. You're approved of God. Then you will learn to like yourself. I'm a son of the King. I'm a daughter of God because God told me. How many of us as parents have said, stay away from that child? Oh, nobody here because we're all perfect. I had a a fellow that lived down the road from me. Brother Ken and I grew up with him. And every day, I, he, we either walked to school or got a ride halfway from his father. And every time I'd come home, my mother would say, stay away from that boy. He's trouble. Well, he was. But you know, we're children and we've got a higher thought than parents. <laughs> well, I got to check a lot of some of the young people. We know better. No. As Sam said, when he was getting married and our two boys were sitting down having a little bit of a Bible thing around the kitchen table, and I always like to hear what the boys say on a certain subject, and I'd let them talk, and, you know, we'd challenge one another, and Sam would come running down the stairs on his way out to work or go out with Rebecca or something like that, and he'd come thumping down the stairs, and he he saw it was a little bit of a, you know, tit for tat, and he said, he looked to the boys, and he said, boys, listen to dad, he's always right. I said, where's the pen? (laughs) Write that down. And I want that framed. But what it is, it's an adult thought. As a child, you grow up with certain thinking and certain uh, approaches. But sometimes they will grow up. They do grow up. There's light at the end of the tunnel. So this fellow that puts on the influence or the peer pressure that we've all heard ministers preach on. We succumb to the influence to be accepted by peer pressure, friends, fads, fashions, books, music. You're exposed to all these types of, quote, platforms. And they all shape you. But you thank God for a godly mother and father. Thank God for them. Don't ridicule them. They have been given to you by God to help you along this road. The media influences you. The Hollywood 
Stars influence you. News influences you. But saints of God, let's get back to the title. I'm under a different influence of another called the angel of the Lord. Revelation 10.1 has influenced my life and made that old way forgotten. Influence. Influences leave impressions. And impressions start to dictate and dictate you to good or to not so good. Things that influence you impact you. They do. People use their influence for their own gain. And that to me is insidious. Get a position and then use that to influence other people to your advantage. That's not of God. It's not of God. Does everybody get that? You use your position. That's why a teacher will be put in jail for using her position to influence for perversion. Policemen go to jail because they're given a position of authority and position and they use it to their advantage. God help us that we do not use our position for advantage but we do it to impress them to be like Christ. To be like Jesus. To be like the word. People have let you down, people of position, because they have not stood on the word. And because they have waffled and wavered, it has caused others to waffle and waver. By God's grace, at the end of the day, on my little tombstone, if I should go to the way of the grave, may it say on there, Brother Tom never wavered, stood true was honest. Why? Because your influence as John Wesley will continue to even after you've passed on. You think about a messenger that has come in this age, William Branham, and people get tired of hearing it, but I'm never going to tire as they never tired of hanging a picture of, of John Wesley. I'm sorry. If you get ashamed of hearing William Branham, I think you don't need to listen to me anymore. People raise up, take their gift, use it to influence, influence them, please, to Jesus Christ. Not to you personally. If you start seeing that, why don't you put in a little balm and say, let's lift up Jesus. You influence people by the way you talk, the what you read and what you say. 
You'll affect, you'll influence someone. It will have a strong effect in the position that God has put you in. Brother Leon, I want to take my hat off and give you a salute this morning. You are indeed a deacon. And we thank God for our deacons. Amen. Amen. And I thank God for our trustees and our ministers because it's God put them in those positions. By the grace of God, they will continue to affect and impact your life to influence you to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God. They will indeed have a strong effect upon your life. They will influence you. And by the grace of God, may they influence you to be more like Him. May our lives cause an impression. May it hit Touch, change, alter, modify, transform, and shape one another's lives. Do not be a detriment to this body. God put into the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, preachers, teachers. There's no office greater than another. This is God's dress wear. You tear that hem... You got a problem. Don't be a Saul. He'll tear the kingdom from you. It's dress wear. People say, they almost look down on an evangelist. What are you talking about? I wish there was more in the body. Teachers watch a razor's edge. But watch the razor's edge. Pastors. Taking care of people's lives and helping him. Ox of the word. Carrying the burden of the people. Those are precious men of God. And we were given one of the greatest. And you should thank God for it. Not just sit there and wag your head. Just say, amen. I've been blessed to sit under that ministry. Preachers. Well, you say, well, you preach. Well, I pe- what do you think a pastor does? He teaches, preaches. Brother Tim Pruitt calls himself a teacher-preacher. Half the time, these brothers, they're, pre- they're preaching, teaching, teaching, preaching. What's the what? As long as they influence our lives. We've had some tremendous services. It hasn't been men. It's been almighty God. You should praise him, thank him, worship him. These are God-called men to keep you on that straight and narrow. I'm humbled to think that God would put these brothers in my life to impress me, to shape me, to help me. Look at the mountain a little different. And not say my view is better than your view. But our view collectively see Jesus high and lifted up in all his glory. I am sorry I have taken this kind of time. 
at this level, I wanted to get into something really good. I trust this has been at least some good. We'll probably save that for another time. Excuse me. There was a fellow, Brother Peta, if you're here, you can look it up. His name was Dr. Getty. He went to Vanuatu. I thought of you as soon as I read this. I want to go to Vanuatu with you, Peta. Apparently, the diving is phenomenal. The fishing's good, but let's fish for men. Dr. Getty went to Vanuatu in 1848. He worked there for the Lord Jesus for 24 years. On his stone, in memory of John Getty, Dr. John Getty, it says he landed in 1848 where there was no Christians. When he went home to be with the Lord, there was no heathens. Hallelujah! Amen. That's what we want for this church. That's what we want to raise up. We don't want heathens. We want believers. We don't want just churchgoers. We want sons and daughters of God that can call Jesus on the scene. Here's one for the sisters. Don't duck. A mother took her young son shopping. So after a day of going in and out of stores all day, the clerk at this little center gave that little child a lollipop. And her mother said, what do you say, child? And he turned around and said, charge it. Didn't say that to be funny, but I want you to see the influence. A fiscal policy within a home is a good thing. Now we're getting roof. Brother Tom, you've been dancing all over our toes, but now you're getting into our financial. Absolutely. Good stewardship is a credit to the gospel. Don't charge it. Pay it. Oh, my. That was weak. But it's being influenced by the God of economics. Mm-hmm. I get credit cards I don't even ask for. I don't know whether you do or not. They get sent in your mailbox, and I say, well, I didn't ask for this. Hey, I got an extra $5,000. No, you have nothing. That is called debt. That's called misery. A person that lives in debt lives in misery. Oh. No. <laughs> uh, my old school, it's okay. Old school wins. Old school wins. Uh huh. Thank you, Brother Richard. 
We live way beyond our means because the God of economics is trying to snare you and influencing you to debt, a burden of debt that no man was born to be under. You know in, the, in England, if you were in debt, they put you in jail. Hmm. I'll talk to you brothers. Because <laughs> I know these brothers aren't in debt. Hmm? No, seriously. Debtor's prison. Look it up. Fact check me. If you didn't pay your bills, you went to jail. In the Bible, you got sold to your creditor. And you became a slave. But Satan has turned it around and you become a slave to your debt. You just wait till your interest rates go up crazy. How many have said, ouch, in the last little while? Huh? Ouch, I had a mortgage at 1.49, but now it's 5.325, and now it's 6. Point whatever. Hey, Joanne and I, when we first got married, it was 12.5. Are everybody happy this morning? But we serve God at 12.5 as much as we serve God at 1.2. In the good times. Come on. Praise his name in the bad times. Why? Because we've been influenced by another dimension. And by that influencing, it's taking us out of Laodicea into the glorious presence. I'm influenced under another. Down from his glory, ever living my God and Savior came, and Jesus was his name. So God came down in the cloud in Exodus. God came down and dwelt in flesh at the time of Jesus. Can I say to you, God's come down and lived in a veil called William Branham. And by living in that vessel, a redeemed son of God lived under the anointing of his message and by that influence is changing your life from glory unto glory unto glory unto glory. No other age has witnessed the influence of the mighty covenant angel of Revelation 10.1. No other generation. It was a closed book. But then when a prophet came on the scene, at the end of the ages, in the day when the Son of Man's revealed, it will be that influence that will take you to another dimension. It won't keep you bound in this world. It will loose you. Rejoice! In the loosening of another angel. Think about it, Brother James. Jim, where would we be with this message? You'd still be in your church. 
you'd still be in the chains of denominationalism. You'd still be influenced by preachers that don't even know what they're talking about. But then Jesus came. Then the resurrection came. And it loosed you and influenced you. And once you've been influenced by the Son of Man, you can never be uninfluenced. Can I hear an amen? I can never go back. My parents said, you'll get back. You'll be the same old Tom you were. I said, I'll never come back. I've been influenced on the inner man. He said, Tom, you'll be all washed up. You'll be back with us after three months. Here I am, 47 years later, still preaching, still believing, still influenced under another anointing. Hallelujah. Saints of God, we want to not be Galatians 5 and 7. You did run well. But what hindered you? I don't want to be a King Uzziah. I don't want to be influenced by people that do not have a true revelation, that are unshakable, immovable. And know in whom they have believed and are persuaded. But as Brother Bram said, Isaiah got caught up in looking at a friend. Okay. All right. Listen, saints, just understand this. Young people, children, older people alike. You don't get many friends in this world. How many have I had children come to me? Talk to me, whether it be at camps, whether it be in this church or in my office. Brother Tom, I don't have a friend. Well, I said, I can take you to my own children. I can take you to myself. You just get a few. People want to be friendly to what? To have them influence you away from the gospel? Listen. I'd like to get into, and Lord willing, I will probably in the next message. But there was a king that set up his altars in Bethel and Dan. Jeroboam, is that right? Jeroboam. And he even had a prophet living at his doorstep. But that prophet had no voice, he had no message. He accepted false worship. But God had to send another prophet on the scene to rebuke the king. Mm -hmm. And the king didn't like what he said. And he went to grab the prophet. What happened? His hand shriveled up. Touch not my anointed, nor do my prophets no harm. Amen. You better watch what you say. Watch your life shrivel up. Watch it shrivel up. Is it shriveling up? Just you know what he did? Prophet, pray for me. And the prophet said, you deserve that. No. What did the Bible say? The Bible says, and he prayed for him, and his hand came normal. We're not satisfied with your shriveled up life. We want you to be just fresh in the Holy Ghost, anointed by God, living victoriously. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. 
But I'd like to get into how he got influenced by that prophet that didn't have any anointing, and he lied. The Bible says he lied to the prophet and said, come eat with me. But God had told him not to eat or drink or have any fellowship whatsoever. But he said, an angel came to me, and you're to come to my house, and you're to eat. And when he did, God had a messenger waiting called the lion. Because he was disobedient to the word, the lion ate him up. But notice, the lion didn't eat the ox, or I'm sorry, the ass, or the donkey, whatever you want to call him. He never got eaten up. Only he that was disobedient to God's word was eaten up by a roaring lion. I'll leave that for another day. There's a great lesson there. Influence. You don't let nobody influence you. I don't care if it's who, you, 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 me. If it's away from the word, God will judge them. If it's to the word, to God be the glory. If God blesses it and keeps you in the will of God and you feel liberated in the council, praise be to God. But if your life becomes a misery because of it, you better get down on your knees. Don't get influenced by a lie. Because there's too many lions in Laodicea that are out to destroy you. Stay in the perfect will of the Lord. Put your home in orders, Daddy. Mothers, teach your children the gospel. Let them be, let your lives be an influence to your children that when they grow up, they will call you blessed. Musicians, please come. I'm sorry for putting such a long foundation. I'll continue on. God bless you. to God <laughs> be the glory I wish I had a voice of a t- thousand tongues to proclaim oh, down from his glory ever living story my God and Savior came and Jesus was his name Amen. my hope where's the musician my hope I'm, I, I'll have five songs by the time they come up here are <laughs> <Three> already <laughs> And they get scrambled. What is Brother Tom going to sing? My hope is in the Lord. From this time on, oh, just lift up your hand. Oh, my hope is in
Have you found that soul safe? To meet the sinner in his broken
Amen. Well, I trust by the grace of Almighty God, the Word has helped influence you this morning. What I didn't want was just a sermon and you're not affected or impacted or influenced. I know it wasn't one of those special times we've been having, but I just thought I'd just talk to you from my heart. Be influenced by this presence, this mighty angel, the glory of God that has descended. They missed it. They've missed it throughout the ages. And that prophet, he just goes through it all through. Seven times preached influence. Influence of another. I love it. I've got it all marked up and I'm not going to read another quote. You might come back another service. But may the word of God impact you. Make you different from service to service. Not that a man preached, but that the Holy Ghost took the word and punctuated within your life. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. God bless your homes. God bless you, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. May you be so influenced by the presence of Almighty God that has descended in our hour. Let's bow our heads. Lord, this is not just another church. It's a group of people that love you dearly that love your unveiling, that love the presence of Almighty God. I remember one time at camp, Lord, somebody came up to me and said, it's nothing but emotion. My answer was this, and Lord, you know it. It's indeed emotion if your life has not changed. But it's not emotion when lives are changed in the glory of God's Word. So I pray today, Lord, that something be deposited within the hearts of everyone that might listen to this little message. Somehow, Lord, I want my life to be more impactful. Sometimes, Lord, just my own nature, i too strong or too straight. But forgive me. I do want to seize it, season it, Lord, with the Holy Ghost, the honey of your word. Would you make me more like you, Lord? Would you forgive my sins and my shortcomings, Father? Different ones throughout the assembly, Lord, or maybe they agree. I just need more of Jesus. Father, I know this is another year, and we say it's another year, it's another year, but may it be this day. Transform me. Change me. Into your likeness, I pray. Each one, Lord, every heart, every life, every home, you meet the need, Lord. Change the circumstance. May you be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. A little chorus I do love, and we sing it maybe not so often anymore, but just a little chorus. I love him. I love him. I 
love him. I love him because he's influenced our lives. personal please I love you Lord I love you Lord God bless you, saints. Have a wonderful afternoon. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.